Hi and welcome everyone to the Crit RPG podcast, the only podcast with less production quality than a Royal World novel with 0.5 stars average rating. With me today is R.E. Taylor, author of Reincarnated for an Apocalypse Store. How are you doing? Good. Good. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Everyone's alive. Can't ask for more than that. Everyone's alive. Um, the first podcast that, that I did um, surprisingly took off a lot because people apparently like to talk about books. So I'm really happy that you're on and you're giving me a chance to do a second episode. Um, I've been reading your novel with great interest and I think it's a very interesting take on the whole isekai genre and it matches it up with some stuff that I haven't really seen all that much before. Uh, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, thank you, obviously, for, for having me for us to start. Uh, and, you know, thank you for reading. I do appreciate it. And if anyone here is listening to it and has read Apocalypse Store and liked it, thank you. If you didn't like it, thank you anyway. I appreciate you taking the time <laughs> to check it out. It is a read. It is a read on Royal Road. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a book. It is one book of all time. Um, <laughs> I mean, the more people click, the more people click. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Give me those give me those sweet, sweet numbers and that sweet, sweet dopamine. <laughs> All right. So please do tell me about the book. <laughs> so um yeah, uh, Reborn is an uh, Reborn to Run an Apocalypse Store um, is really what it sounds like. Uh, it's about a guy who gets killed and then reborn in an apocalyptic city by a dragon goddess and is told, hey, cool, so um retails your life now, work it out. And he does. <laughs> Um, it's definitely not what I would call a power fantasy. Uh, if you go into it expecting your typical isekai, I'm going to have OP powers and a, like a harem of beautiful women at my disposal. You're not going to get that. That's not what it is. It's very much a normal guy MC attempts to not die, which came about because I was kind of sick of the whole superhero power fantasy thing that i was reading mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. lot at, of when i was writing it oh yeah totally i mean part of the reason why people like uh lit rpg so much is because of that power fantasy um but i think i want to get into that a little bit more later on um talking about it uh yeah first of all i would really love to know besides the uh the idea of oh i'm going to write an underpowered main character what else got you interested or what else got you inspired to write the story? Uh, I've been really writing since I was like knee high. I was, I was tiny when I started. Like the first thing I wrote and I ever got any sort of award for was this Pokemon fan fiction thing. I wrote for like primary school in year like three. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Um, oh, wow, you, you got you got an award. I think you're light years ahead of most people. <laughs> well, I mean, I got a sticker that counts. It had a it had award written on the sticker, so it counts. It is more substantial than a click on Royal Road. <laughs> yeah, but publishers care. But publishers care about it less. I don't know. I mean, um, you can just go on the on the silver pen and just head into the uh, the publisher section and say like, I got a sticker. I mean, they'll they'll tear you apart. I, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I could put on the list. Be like, X amount of views, X amount of followers, sticker when I was, like, five. <laughs> Just stand out that way. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, I've like I've really been writing and interested in writing from from a very young age, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been working retail for for a long time, oh, which was okay. kind of what made me want to write this because. They say write what you know, and what I know is suffering. So, <laughs> all right, um, I can kind of relate. I worked uh, at a GameStop for a year. Oof. Yeah, I. Yeah. It did not. It was a job. It earned money. Pays bills. I I I always I almost thought I um, detect a little bit of racketeer uh, in your story. Do you know the game? I have played a little bit of it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not going to deny that there isn't some influence there because I have played a little bit of it. Um, weirdly, that's not what pe- people don't like that people f- for some reason. Um, that's probably the influence I've gotten the most complaints about. Really? Weirdly. Um, yeah, people really don't like him leaving. People just want him in the store all the time. Um, oh, oh, okay. I get. Yeah, okay. I get that. Um, I thought it was a pretty good handle on it. I mean, right? Because you have to have your character do stuff. Yeah, um, I liked it. I, I like some people liked it, but it's probably the, the part I get the most complaints about that he spends the first part of the book adventuring, mm-hmm. sort of, rather than like doing store stuff. And it is something I would probably change if I was going to go back and rewrite it and mm-hmm. integrate it a little bit more together. But mm-hmm. eh, that's like 30 chapters. We're, we're, we're way past that point and I'm not going back to that. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you edit? I mean, uh, if, if you ever get picked up by a publisher or put it on KU, are you going to edit your stuff or are you going to put it out as <laughs> it is? Oh, God. Uh, if you ask my comment section, then no. Uh, <laughs> Because they're still finding stuff that I've missed. Um, usually, when I'm when I'm writing it, I edit using uh, Pro Writing Aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put it in there and try and get it to sort of a ninety percent benchmark for what it tells me okay. uh, I should be doing. But I'm I'm still missing stuff. I extra apostrophes and mm-hmm. I, I'll miss something in a character's name. Um, oh yeah, but mm-hmm. it, when I when I actually publish it, if I get a publisher, then yeah, I'll be working with their editing editing team, or I'll hire an editor. If I go the self publishing route to like make sure it's all clean and it works properly, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it it it's not bad. It's definitely not a mess, and it's definitely not the worst thing I've read on Railroad for for spelling grammar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's definitely issues there that I'd, I'd want to fix. Okay. And do you know to what extent? I mean, I know some people are just um, editing grammar and some people are going in there with a pickaxe and kind of reworking the entire plot. I don't think I'd rework the entire plot unless like someone was actively like, here's a $5,000 cash advance. This is what we want you to do. In <laughs> which case I would be like, yep, sure, whatever you want. Make him stick in the store. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll rewrite the entire thing. Yeah. Cool, done. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh yeah no i don't think i'd do much more than a, a line edit i wouldn't do any big fundamental plot changes uh yeah i might rework some dialogue and that kind of thing but nothing major okay yeah i mean it totally makes sense right um we spoke a little bit about um him sticking to the store or being part of the store for a while um and i thought you had a very good thing going on there with the I mean, I, can, I think I can spoil that he is not allowed to rove out um, a lot at the start. 
Uh, so um, I thought that was very cool. Uh, I was also wondering. No, thank you. I was also wondering, uh, for example, what happens to people who get um, put into a store in the same condition in the middle of I don't know um, a really high ranked area or something. That could be kind of cool, you know. Characters just utterly failing, um, but maybe that's for later. Yeah, uh, it is. It is something that um, I talk about a little bit because I'm in the process of writing the sequel for it at the moment. Because mm. book one's done. It's just not all on Royal Road. It is all on Patreon, but that's for later. Um, Ooh. Ooh, do you have a patron already? I do. Uh, and I have patrons, which is really nice. People are actually giving me money, which is very, very weird. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, that like we do talk about, there is a little bit of talk about sort of what happens when she grabs people and just sticks them in areas that they just are not prepared for <laughs> and the sort of processes she goes through to stop that being a complete total party kill kind of scenario. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense, right? Yeah, she's got to make her money somehow. She she does, right? It would be a bad investment if she were to just, you know, kill off all the people she spent uh, resurrecting. I have not yeah. read the read so far into it because I like going into these with kind of an open mind. Um, I do wonder, though, does it cost her anything to resurrect people? It might. It's never really... Because t- it's all from Arthur's, mm-hmm. who's the main character's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't know, especially not at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not really something I planned on talking about. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I wanted her to be more of a... More of like the CEO, right? Like, yeah. you, you worked GameStop. You never really knew what the, you know, the guy at the very, very top was doing. Like, his, his motives were so beyond whatever else was happening at, like, store level. Oh, yeah. That it was irrelevant to you, really. Oh, yeah. uh, which is kind of kind of the the vibe I was trying to go with her. Um, That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, I I did not meet the CEO when I uh, first got my first uh, store job, but um, <laughs> I do get where you're coming from. Totally. If you are a friend of the Kazoo Ad, you have to be very very strong now. I regret to inform you that Sherlock went and bought the tier that removes the kazoo ad from all podcasts and and now just gone so you got Shirtaloon to thank for that on the other hand if you want to add the kazoo ad again there's a tier for that too thanks so much for listening and let's get on with the show um there's so many things we could talk about right here, um, but I would like to go more into the craft route because I'm a nerd about writing craft. So what's your process on plotting? Oh, uh, I don't have one. I just kind of make it up. Yeah, it's mostly off the cuff for me. Like I have a general idea. Usually for me, I have a, a starting point mm-hmm. and an end point. Um, and then everything in the middle just kind of happens. Mm-hmm as I go along, which sometimes works great. Uh, and other times I'll write like half a book and realize that I have spent eight chapters doing absolutely nothing <laughs> and I need to rewrite the entire thing. How many eight chapters? Yeah. So fun fact with the second book, uh, I had, 
I actually started rewriting it again recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I managed to squeeze seven chapters of what I'd written into three just by cutting out all the unnecessary stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which didn't, which felt great in the sense that it was like, oh, I've improved enough to be able to do this, but also felt bad in the sense of, oh, I wrote all of that and I really didn't need to. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I've been beating myself hard whenever I was editing. And I think I spoke about this with Haylock last week, too. I think it's really cool that you see this, that spotting your own mistakes means you're improving. And it doesn't mean that, yeah, right? Of course, like you were worse when you started than you are now. Yeah. Like you don't want to be going backwards for, for the most part. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I definitely do not want to do that. Um, but, you know, in this entire topic or area, what's the best advice you've ever gotten as a writer? Best advice I've ever gotten as a writer? Uh, I mean, in terms of just general advice for the store, I think the best advice I ever got was don't use the cover you commissioned because it was terrible. Ooh, okay. Um, but in terms of like actually writing is keep it simple. Like you don't need to write game of Thrones levels of plot and characters and story immediately. Mm-hmm. You definitely, that is not, that is not a start point. Write Write something simple, write something easy for readers to grasp and you'll hook them. Readers don't need, 50,000 character arcs and, you know, groups and factions and, mm-hmm. you know, a world map that takes up, like, an entire wall <laughs> of a castle. Give them something simple and make it and polish it and they'll appreciate that infinitely more than anything else. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, I don't like to talk about anything like negative about anyone on this podcast. This is supposed to be a very positive experience for everyone involved. Um, but there are some things that I f- think authors are kind of shooting themselves in the foot with. Um, and I see this especially in young authors who write a lot of... Um, who are plotters, right? Who really yeah. write their entire backstory of their entire world... Um, and I've recently I've read a read a book that was amazing. The characters were really good. The world building was really good. Um, the plot was terrific and had a, an amazingly addictive spiral. But the issue was that I kid you not, a dialogue started about two characters, and then five pages, five entire pages were the main character reminiscing about a friend they they had in the real world, then what that friend did with a scientist, and then what that scientist was researching, and then, like, went into this really long draft about, like, the nature of this technology and potential uses, and then it ended five pages later, and the other character answered. (sighs) What? Yeah, um, I don't say this is, like, bad and, oh my god, I'm snubbing my nose or anything. I just think that sometimes people are so in love with their world 
that they forget that there's a story behind it, right? Right. That there is actually a world that is there to support the story and not the other way around, right? So when the characters suddenly become vehicles to just tell me about more world building and not become real persons, then we have an issue because the novel suddenly loses its way and becomes very confusing. Yeah. And you it yeah, it can get just too too deep into itself mm-hmm. and you're like, just just progress. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to do. Just progress. Stop stop stalling. Never let the dominoes stop falling, I think is a is an advice I got once that is that I really like. Um Yeah, no, that works. Yeah, right? Can you recognize that one? No, but I like it. <laughs> okay. It's um I mean Maybe I should ask about that instead. What is one thing in your own writing that you think, ah, oh, darn, I wish I could have done this better, or um, whenever I go back, I definitely would like to edit this out or create a new thing in- instead? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably cut down on the adventuring stuff a little mm-hmm. bit. Not not a lot, but I think I can probably I could probably cut one or two chapters of that out, um, mm-hmm. and also just the, the early pacing I think is a little bit more erratic than I would have liked. Uh huh. I kind of noticed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is very it is very me. Uh, it is a very <laughs> me book uh, from what my family have told me who have read it. They're like, "Yep, this is very you." That's that's brave. You gave your family your book to read. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, um, I actually gave my dad, um, before I published it on Royal Road, I had dad read Ooh. through it. And he was, he he liked it for the most part, but there were a few points where he was just like, this is the, this is dumb. <laughs> this is actively bad and you need to remove it. And I looked at it and went, yeah, no, you're right. That, that, that that's just unnecessary garbage <laughs> when i first thought about publishing a, a, a reddit post um about my book i thought about including you know quotes and i would quote my father as in i'll read it later and my mom as you know i don't speak english so um i think <laughs> i think that would, would have been funny but um going going back a little bit more towards um towards writing you mentioned you were a pantser right Yes. Is there anything you hate about being a pantser? Yeah, I get stuck a lot. Mm. Like, it's very easy to sort of... If you're in the flow, it's fine. And if you're, you've are you got that sort of mindset to just go, it's fine. But if you have a stall, you don't really have anything concrete to grasp onto. Like, you don't have that outline to be like, well my hero has gotten the sacred sword of light <laughs> and then outline says he then goes and fights, you know, the dark Lord. You're sort of like, well, he's got the sword and, uh, cats happen, I guess. I don't know. The cool thing is, I mean, that's how you get levels like yours, right? He got the sacred sword. Now you can sell it. It's like, yeah, you can now just sort of pawn it off at least in mine. Um, but I mean, there's also the, the disadvantages to outlining as well. Mm-hmm where you can get very mentally sort of stuck in that outline where you're like, well, this has to happen this way, regardless whether or not 
X would actually be better than Y. You've, yeah. you've decided Y is the way it's going, so it, it does. And that can make your story worse in some ways. Absolutely. I totally recognize that. Um, I had a friend um, who teaches writing courses, and he uh, he once told me that planners have the problem that characters don't follow the plot. Panzers have the problem that the plot doesn't follow the characters. Completely going back to something you said 10 minutes ago. Um, and that's something I really wanted to talk about too, is the cover thing. You mentioned the cover you commissioned wasn't quite up to your standards. Well, it's less that it wasn't up to my standards and more... I I read a lot on Scribblehub mm-hmm. um, and nothing in Scribblehub. Scribblehub is great, but Scribblehub also has a lot of... Uh, how do I put this delicately? Smut? Oh, okay. Smut's probably the most delicate way of putting it. Uh, so... E- e- erotica if you're <laughs> if you're queer, and harem if you're straight. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but yeah, no, I, so I commissioned a cover, and two... To my artist's credit, to the to the artist I commissioned's credit, they did exactly what I asked them to do. Mm-hmm. But what I asked them to do was exactly wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually ended up putting it in, in one of the writing discords that I'm in. And the first thing somebody said about it when they looked at it is this, was... Well, 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 it's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under critrpg dot podcast at gmail.com for now i just finished the first book in my own series torchbearer if you like a slow burn story about weak to op main characters mixing magic and technology and numbers going up you might also enjoy this one you can find the link to my link tree down below and that's all for now thank you very much for listening and or watching and let's get on with the show is this a is this is, is your book fairy porn? <laughs> okay, I can and see I'm that. just like, I'm just like, oh, oh no, <laughs> huh? Uh, so that was when I I ended up getting a lot of good advice on maybe look at Mid Journey and try mm. and sort of gen something, which ended up with the dragon on the roof that I have now. Yes, which I'm a lot happier with. Even though someone came into my first chapter and was like, AI Dragon is trash, and then never read another chapter, and I'm like, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Commenters be commenting. <laughs> I think sometimes people don't really realize that their well-meaning criticism is maybe not perceived as such. Um, and it can really ruin your day as an author, right? I, I mean, we had this discussion you don't actually need a good cover to be successful on Royal Road. Uh, yes and no. What you, with Royal Road covers, you, it cares, they care a lot more about, does your cover sell your concept? Like, can you look Mm. at the cover and sort of get a general vibe of what the story is? Mm -hmm. Um, and in a lot of way, my cover isn't great still, but it's also the best that I can get without commission without spending money i don't have commissioning an artist mm-hmm. um and uh, speaking about money you don't have thank you for the segue um 
I need money to host this podcast on Buzzsprout and I need money to actually afford Riverside FM. So if you're listening to this, please consider donating a few bucks so I can actually afford to host this podcast past the next episode. Thank you so much. Let's go on with the show. <laughs> I hate I hate selling out. It's the worst thing ever. Um, but I need to do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, hey, everyone needs to eat. Yeah. We've already been talking for about 25 minutes at this point. Um, oh, nice. And you're a great a great guest to have, so thank you so much. I'm having a blast here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, you, you got it. Um, I would love to actually go into the segment where we talk about shout-outs and good books that you've recently found. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm reading a lot at the moment. So mm-hmm. one of the ones I definitely do want to shout out because I don't feel like it was on RS, uh, to be fair. Uh, it dropped off pretty rapidly, which I think is very unfair. It is incredibly good, mm-hmm. and I don't think a lot of people gave it the chance it deserved, which is Time Flies uh, by a friend of mine. And it's a steampunk pirate story, and I think that turned a lot of people off for some reason. Oh. I, like People don't seem to like steampunk or pirates on Royal Road, and I don't understand why that many people are wrong, but what can you do? Is that the is that the one with the, with the cute pirate lady? Yes. You will be surprised about the guest I have in two episodes. They That book is amazing. It is so solidly written, and yeah, I, I it has a great magic system. Mm-hmm. I really like the the use of sort of magical items in place of stats. Oh, which which you get a lot. Like I'm, I love blue block boxes. Lit RPG is my favorite genre. I read far too much of it, but I do love a system that doesn't rely on just plus one strength number goes up. Oh, okay. Give me give me something else. Okay, I mean. Um... Stray Cat's Drust does that too, right? Oh, yeah, no. Raven's Dagger is amazing, and if I could reach, like, a percentage of their like their skill and success, I would die happy. They are they are solid. <laughs> Looking at your story, Reincarnated for an Apocalypse Store, you're already at 1,668 followers, so I think you do have a percentage of their success. Woo! <laughs> right? There you go. No. I'll take it. <laughs> But we, we were talking about you were talking about very well written stuff and um, and for that reason I would actually love to shout out Nowhere Stars by Animoni. It's a really cool. I don't really know how to describe this. Um, the prose is what gets you. So it is still very much a progression fantasy, but the prose is it's it's really freaking good. Um, it has been stubbed recently. Um, but the first few chapters are still on there, so you can get your uh, get your nose wet, and then you can find the next book on KU, I think. Nowhere Stars by Annie Moni. So, uh, do you have another one? Uh, what else have I been reading? I mean, obviously, no one's heard about Dungeon Crawler Call. It's oh like yeah, tiny and no one no one's heard about it. So we can just skip skip that one. Yeah, um, I think we really should support rising people on this list. I mean, I think if you if you're hearing this, give Dungeon Crawler Carl a follow. Um, it's a it's a it's a short story about a man who um goes into a dungeon and becomes a foot slave. So um, <laughs> I 
Also, there's pussy. So, um, yeah, no, it's 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 a solid story. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and explosion. What more could you want? Yeah, um, uh, been keeping up with the Patreon chapters. Uh, that whole thing is amazing. Um, yeah, so another one I would recommend would be the game Carousel, a horror lit mm. RPG, which yeah is basically Dead by Daylight. If Dead by Daylight had competent writing and an interesting plot and was fun okay yeah yeah that one person in the audience who knows what i'm talking about be upset i don't care um by the way my (laughs) guest is in no way affiliated with me um (laughs) yep this is all my opinion this isn't this isn't the podcast's opinion this is all mine uh actually uh, (laughs) i i like watching dvd but i can't play it i'm getting anxious um as a as a killer, I just like get too anxious about it. So I was like, I can't. Everyone's gonna bully me. I can't. Yeah, they've they've really messed up a lot. It's a lot of the uh the balance that they've really messed up. But yeah, uh, Carousel is one of those stories that I I personally I went into thinking it was going to be bad, thinking it was just going to be boring, not my cup of tea. And it absolutely blew me away with how well mm-hmm. they set everything up, how well they use horror movie tropes and sort of the general writing tropes that everyone on the site is familiar with and twists them to run the narrative. Oh, okay. It is... Pretty fucking good. Yeah, it is absolutely stellar and it is the probably one of the most unique stories I've read in a while. So, yeah, if you're listening to this and you have time, go look it up. It updates pretty regularly. Comment section's great. Go hang out. Go oh. have fun. You'll thank me later. Yeah, and before the show, you mentioned you had one more person you wanted to shout out, but they were on Rising Stars already. Yes, uh, Merchant Crab. If you're not reading Merchant Crab, go read Merchant Crab. <laughs> I, yeah, okay, um... <laughs> This is apparently now becoming a thing. This is this is now the Merchant Crab podcast. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, please leave your pie by the door. Um, by the way, also, I, I read that and it has a crazy comment section. Like, if you want pie recipes, go read Merchant Crab and listen, look at the comments and join in on the fun, I guess. It's, yeah. It's, uh, if you want to talk about, like, taxation in fantasy economies, also, Merchant Crab. Um it is a place that exists. It is really good. Yeah, it's ridiculous the amount that just goes on. Like, you read the chapter, mm-hmm. have a bunch of fun, then go down, and it's just like, this is an entire ecosystem on its own. I I, I still cannot believe. If you knew the origin story of that novel, you would not believe it either. Um, <laughs> all right, last section. Um, I think this is it. And it's been a blast having you. It really has. It has not felt like 35 minutes. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Crit RPG podcast. It's been a bit more freeform this time, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. We've been talking to R.E. Taylor, the author of Reincarnated for an Apocalypse Store. Please do give it a read and maybe even a follow on Royal Road, and you can find the link down in the description, as well as links to all the other novels we've talked about, like Time Flies, Game Carousel, um, Merchant Crab, um, and also my own novel, Torchbearer, if you want to read that. 
And that is about it. Thank you so much. Any last closing words? Uh, hi, I'm Ari Taylor. I have a Patreon. If you want to give me money, please do. Uh, book one is entirely up on Patreon already, as well as the first couple of chapters of book two. Uh, if you have extra income, please give it to this podcast. This was fun. And if you give them enough money, I might get to come back and do it again. So just throw money <laughs> at them. That would be dope. Uh, and mm. as always, be nice to your, be nice to your authors. The best way to end this podcast is by saying I first prostituted myself and later on I found out how it feels like to be prostituted. So thank you so much for coming in and I hope I'll see everyone on the next podcast coming out next Sunday. Thank you so much. Bye all. <laughs>